I'm Rob. I'm John. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. So John, there's a video on Decentraland that's turned some heads. There is. It's called The Future is a Dead Mall by Dan Olson. Let's dive into it. Okay, before we get started, I just want to ask anybody who's enjoying this podcast to follow us, like, subscribe, comment, five stars, anything you can do that would have a positive impact on us because it really helps. Make sure you comment anybody you would like us to interview. We have um, a few people in the pipeline, which are very interesting, um, but we're always open to new collaborations and having people on to share their views on Web3. Okay, I'm not very good at voiceovers, and that is the end of that. Now, we're getting into an episode which is thoroughly fascinating um john has been on at me for a while to do a podcast episode on this and i haven't had a chance to watch it because it is nearly two hours long um yes so i just couldn't get round to watching the whole thing and i wanted to watch it in one sitting and write notes and pause and everything um so we decided to do the episode today because i had a bit of time to watch it and i decided that i would watch it while i was in the gym this morning um that didn't work out at all because i just wasn't working out i was writing notes because there's so much to talk about um but I have now watched it all. Uh, the video is by Folding Ideas, who people may know as being kind of a little anti-crypto, especially his most viral video, which was Line Goes Up, um, the NFT problem video, which did very well on views and was... Um, it's got a 11 million views when wow. I checked yesterday, which is probably yeah, that... one of the most popular videos, well, popular to the general public, maybe not to yes. people in Web3. But one of the most widespread videos in, on the uh, the whole Web3 space. Yeah, and he he's, before we get started, although he's kind of anti-crypto, anti-NFT perhaps, um, Dan Olson, the guy behind Folding Ideas, is a fantastic video essayist. And I really enjoy his stuff. Even when I disagree with him, I enjoy what he's doing. Um, so this video is on Decentraland and sort of parenthetically metaverses although it really is focused on Decentraland for almost all of it yeah um, well I think the kind of the premise is I imagine you wanted to talk about metaverses and when yeah. you look up metaverses there's only two that yes. come up there's the sandbox and it's Decentraland and, yeah. uh, one is visually not as great as the other although I'd say they're both quite middling one is going for an art style so the sandbox is trying for that kind of Minecraft Roblox vibe. Yes. Uh, Decentraland isn't trying for a particular vibe. To my eye, it it's just well, tosh. <laughs> it definitely doesn't look great. Um, yes. So the the video to give a, a sort of overview, the video is highly critical of Decentraland, and barely know where to start there's there's so <laughs> I, I will say so overall i think the video is very good i think i agree with a lot of what he says yes um i wrote down a few things i don't think he was fair on i also think and this is a this is the largest comment i have on the whole video as a constructive criticism was i thought he went for low-hanging fruit a bit often um he was picking the insane crypto bros wherever possible i mean you could go into any subreddit on earth and find delusional people that are spouting rubbish and i imagine web3 has more than its fair share in the subreddits like the decentralized yes. subreddit definitely has a high concentration of delusional people i imagine i've not actually been on it um but it, it i don't know that he was reading press releases and marketing material and then kind of laughing at how self-aggrandizing it is but that's kind of redundant that most marketing is sickly and hollow and rubbish and they're just spouting anything they can say to get you to buy or log in or sign up or you know so i didn't love that side of things it felt like that was a bit easy but other than that he i mean it's he's done his homework you can't fault him on he put a lot of hours into playing decentraland in inverted commas playing well, he he reportedly spent about three hours, uh, three hours, sorry, three months. Okay, I was going to say, wow, I have misjudged that entirely. <laughs> he spent about three three months um, in and out of Decentraland and and playing, okay. playing it and getting to know the community. And I mean, this is from the guy who he he made like a one and a half hour video about the I think it was the Mickelson twins, 
Uh, the, these mm. like two influencers that just make up um, like life affirming, or oh, you can make money from your home kind of BS. And mm. as part of that, he decided to write a self help book. <laughs> so he, you he, know, go, the, he goes he, all in. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. definitely he, he went to levels of detail that you know very very few people do. Kind of even inside the space, unless you have the time and can de- dedicate that time to you know going fully into. Um, one entity it's difficult to get to that level of detail and he he kind of dissects his his three months of uh, of time with Decentraland into I, I say quite well into a one hour and 49 minute video um, yeah and so I just to go over it in general I mean I took chapter by chapter notes I have no idea how we want to go through this but I'm, I'm just going to take a, a few kind of comments from uh, from the top down so the first thing that struck me and Obviously, I've seen footage of Decentraland before. Um, I mean, the last time I jumped into Decentraland was a long time ago. Mm. Uh, and it probably was back when I was in the mindset of, oh, this is a prototype. This is going to get better, etc." Yeah. But the first thing that struck me is, you know, you, you open into this pretty crap footage of a, a, a theater or a cinema, quote-unquote, in Decentraland. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my mind harkened back to... And, and he talks about some of these games later on in the video. Um, Second Life, Entropy Universe, APB Reloaded. Mm. You know, a bunch of games from, in some cases, decades ago. Yeah. That are so much more vi- immediately visually fulfilling than Decentraland is. Yeah. And then, then I started thinking, well, hang on. I played APB Reloaded five years ago. You know, I could walk into buildings. I could buy cars, clothes, shops. I could be a cop and save the city from crime or I could be a you know mm. an arsonist or go rob sword and it was just when I compare those gaming experiences to the experience you can get playing Decentraland today or any metaverse today quite frankly or anything that terms itself as a metaverse in Web3 it's just night and day um, and it's it kind of immediately got my mind going like well, well hang on you know I as, as I've always said in this podcast I'm a gamer at heart so I've played video games that's all yeah. like four years old and there is this it's almost like a fallacy trap you fall into in web 3 where it's like oh well because it has crypto and nfts and blockchain in it then oh it's not going to be as good as those games but in reality there's no reason why they shouldn't be i mean if anything yeah. if they want to be something that becomes widespread in the industry they need to be matching if not surpassing what's currently out there and um, yeah. decentraland certainly doesn't do that no, I, he he addresses this. So I wrote down some notes that he comes back to um, anyway. So I, the Central Land, I had the exact same reaction. It seems like an extremely early proof of concept of what a space, a 3D game space could be with blockchain integrated. Um, and it, it looks as if it's kind of the rough etchings of what a metaverse could be but nothing more than that. And then um, Dan says in this video, uh, the proof of concept argument is just a rhetorical shield against criticism. And I would say, not originally, no. I'd say in 2017, in 2017 when the game launched, there was integrating blockchain into a game was you had to build everything from scratch. You had to do, you had to genuinely pioneer. There was nothing, yeah. there was nothing there for you. It, it <laughs> was like building a game before Unity or Unreal Engine. You had to make things from scratch. You had to make your own engine. You know, you had to integrate it yourself. And that was very difficult. And I think they solved those problems in an impressive way. <laughs> However, I think now in 2023, you could definitely put forward a reasonable case that the proof of concept argument is just a shield. I mean, no, absolutely, it, it cannot. I mean, that's six years ago that it it, it, it come out. Six years, I, honestly, even though it looks, let's let's not pretend it doesn't. It looks shit beyond words, awful, absolutely dreadful. Well, it um, actually, funnily enough, it arguably looks worse now than it did back then because back then they were using the Babylon engine so they could be in VR, and then they switched right. to Unity, and now it looks crap. Uh, it, I mean, it looks it looks horrendous. It looks awful, and it's the sort of game that you wouldn't be able to explain to someone who doesn't have yeah. any idea about Web three about why anyone would ever go in it. Um, so I would agree with him. Now it yeah. look, it looked awful then, um, but 
it didn't really matter because they were they were doing something with the technology that was interesting. Whereas now we can I could make a game with blockchain integration and I have no game dev experience and I could do it now because we have the SDKs and the plugins to facilitate that. Um so now yep. I, I I do agree with him. Uh, it was pioneering yeah. 2017. Now I'm not just not sure what it is. Also, you <laughs> mentioned the the theatre, the cinema, patently amusing. <laughs> Anyone who pretends it isn't funny is lying to themselves. I I, I couldn't the the photograph the photo of the concessions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, That's, it it seems like you're taking the piss out of yourself. Like yeah. Ugh. It's and I mean, we'll, I'll get on later to describe some of the other projects that got funded by the Decentraland DAO and how the bloody hell they've got the amounts of money some of them have to build what is objectively awful. Yeah, um, but sure. he, Dan also make, he makes almost a throwaway line at the start where he he talks about how Decentraland got started, and he says whilst the game became playable in 2022, the game effectively launched, uh, not 2022, whilst the game um, effectively launched in 2020, rather, um, it effectively launched in 2017 with its ICO. Mm. And I've never really, obviously we, we discussed on the podcast before about, you know, selling NFTs and selling crypto, etc. before your game launches. And there's plenty of, of games that do that. They use it as effectively a Kickstarter. And I mean, we, we should be holding games to the same standards in that regard. But, it got me thinking that that's that's how most people in Web three view Web three games. If they're financially, if their main reason for getting involved in these games is financial incentives, the game doesn't start when the game launches. The game starts whenever the project first distributes yeah. a token, sells NFTs, etc. And yeah. just to kind of double down on this point, um, on chain gaming is a big influencer in the space. Um, he has a video on his YouTube channel titled "How to Play the Sandbox." It's 26 minutes long. Guess how far into the video he goes before actually going into the sandbox? Are there ads? Uh, that's, I'm not too sure. 12 minutes. Oh, no, you're not even close. So <laughs> it isn't until 20 minutes into a 26-minute video where What's it actually... What's the first 20 minutes? Le oh, he talks about the land and the tokens and the tokenomics and... The right. Like, if if you did that in a traditional gaming space, it's like, what is this? Like, if you open an IGN review, it was like, oh, IGN reviews a sandbox. You wouldn't get 80% of the way into the video uh, yeah, before you see footage. I have, but this, I, is, this is a pandemic in the Web3 space. It's The game is less important than the tokenomics and the NFTs and the ways to make money, which if, yes. doesn't... It, it, isn't a long-term strategy let's put it that way i just don't think people know what to do with projects now play to earn has broadly died or at least in the form it was before so now i think we're kind of stuck in um, no man's land between play to earn earning currencies so the players come in and being and then the opposite side of that is a game that's good enough to stand on its own feet and just happens to have blockchain Yep. And we're kind of in this nether zone where the, those really good games are still in development a little way off. And there's now no point in releasing a play to earn game. To me, um, I, I don't ostensibly, there is no real value to doing it because no. you're not going to attract the play to earn crowd because they just won't be able to earn enough to see it as a play to earn crowd. Also, their yeah. expectations are wildly skewed from what oh, was yeah. possible in 2020. For um, sure. So it's in, I, I don't, one thing I, I really, and I'm glad. Um, Dan didn't say it much in this video. I don't like putting the sandbox and Decentraland next to each other in the conversation. I think the sandbox is trying to build something akin to Minecraft with a more structured, like I've called it a meta game before. That's what it feels like. It's a game that contains game gaming experiences that will hopefully one day pan into something slightly bigger. Yep. I, I don't know what Decentraland is. I don't know what it is. I'm I'm perpetually confused. And every every video, every clip he shows in this, and every video I've seen of it, I find it hard to believe those clips are real now. Imagine what they're going to look like in 10 years. You, you, oh, you, yeah. are, you are not going to be able to comprehend that that was something that anyone logged into. The Sandbox at least has 
that Minecraft Roblox stylized look that is popular for, you know, that it's not really my bag, but it's, it's very popular. <laughs> Decentraland and the Sandbox are not remotely comparable to mine for mine. The, the Decentraland no. is a fever dream, as so many people have said. It yep. is confusing and dystopian and, uh, it, yeah, terrifying. I do think both both games operate or, or base a lot of their operation on the idea of user-generated content, which yeah. only works if the users are competent. <laughs> and generating anything. Yeah, or if the developers can provide the tools to create good content. And I think that's the biggest difference between the Sandbox and Decentraland. Decentraland, mm. uh, sorry, the Sandbox does have the tools... Yep. to allow you to create some pretty cool things. Decentraland very clearly doesn't. It is so bizarre. We're, like the, um, wasn't HSBC, it was the other bank. Who's the other bank that? Uh, JP Morgan. JP Morgan, yeah, yeah. With the weird roaming, I mean roaming. The tiger in, roaming yeah, it's around. Yeah, <laughs> Kind of sliding around. And then he walks towards the staircase and there's no clipping. The, the staircase isn't a model, it's a texture. And I just like, this would be embarrassing. I was, I'm, I think I've mentioned this maybe once on the podcast before, but when I was 13, 14, I used to make levels for CSGO, well, CS 1.6 and then CS Source and I'm going to 2004. So I used to make levels in my spare time as a teenager. I used to make levels for these games, maps. And I would have been mortified <laughs> to release something <laughs> that we are seeing in 2023. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 blow, and it blows my mind that they got any sort of cosign from these companies. And Dan actually talks about this. He, where yep. I write it? he talks about brand activations and he was showing that um, they're saying, oh, we, you know, we partnered with Nissan, but then it's actually Nissan Italy and we partnered with Vodafone. It's actually Vodafone Turkey. Yep. And not that that diminishes it entirely, but it definitely does diminish it. And I think, Faux brand activations is a big bugbear of mine. I think 100%. it is of you too in, in Web3 where I, I know, I'm not going to name the best example I have, but it's a blockchain that purported to partner with an absolute giant, a world giant. Um, and I was going to write an article about how important this was. And I did my due diligence and research on what exactly the partnership looked like. And it was so obscure and so insignificant a collaboration that I've been the article and never mentioned it again. It was, I mean, it, it was like one event in the middle of nowhere where they were teaming up to do a QR code or something. It, it was something as small as that. And they were like, we've partnered with this giant. Yeah, it's, yep. I don't like that in Web3. It's a joke. Yeah, it, it might sound like we're kind of nitpicking there a bit, but there's a massive difference between for example, HSBC partners with Decentraland and HSBC Ireland, because that's that goes from a company like the wider company is like, yes, we want we want to be in Web three, we want to be in the metaverse. To yeah. a local subsidiary has a marketing budget and goes to their agency, yeah. and the agency says, oh, as part of a package, we can put you in this virtual world, and they go oh yeah that's cool you know it's it's cheap we yeah. don't have to do anything it gets us in the headlines there we go so yeah it's it's a very different level of seriousness of involvement let's say yeah. and i think with with quite a lot of these brand activations that are in for example decentraland sandbox and, and other uh you know metaverses of its kind they are these very surface level we just want headlines partnerships rather than i'm going to stake the future of my brand on the metaverse yeah so and, and talking about the the monetary aspect um one of the most interesting parts of the video for me was all of the decentraland dow grants and where <laughs> yeah. they went um yeah. my god the decentraland dow was funded some absolute tosh uh so the first one he showcases is the um the nft world comedy club yeah. that got a 120,000 us dollar grant from decentraland dow um in mana tokens of course and it boils down to a chat GPT window. <laughs> no, was what? So I, I made a note on this. Um, was that a, just a? Was that a bit of a cheap shot? Because the way the guy is describing it is 
you know, he's recorded someone talking about it. I don't know if it was from a video or if he recorded it live, but it, someone was talking about the comedy um, stage and from inside that comedy place. Mm -hmm. And they show the chat GPT telling a joke. But I felt like it was a presentation of, you know, we're going to have comedians here and then this is the screen. I feel well, like he was I mean... showing the venue rather than that was one of the acts, you know. I think, I think even if you're going to have comedians in that venue, unless they're like... Hiring Dave Chappelle, I have no idea why that comedy club in Decentraland is being given one hundred twenty thousand oh, US dollars. Ludicrous, absolutely, like an absolutely ludicrous. insane amount of yeah. money. Um, so, so there's that. There's there's a few more. Um, uh, I, I'm going to call call it a game in very light terms called Night of Antrim. Um, given nearly a quarter of a, a million dollars from Decentraland DAO, which. I'm pretty sure like Ultima Online looks and plays better than this. You oh, know, the, the, the old yeah. old nineties MMOs. <laughs> like, I wonder if I wonder who to blame with for things like that. Because if you're a yeah. indie dev and someone said, I'll give you a quarter of a million to make a game oh, in my game, you'd be absolutely. like Absolutely. Sure. And then imagine you get into Decentraland, you're like ah, I've got to make a game in this. Ah, it's, whatever. I got it's more limitations of the engine and the tools on it hand than it yeah, is of the I, developers themselves. I don't want to shit too much on the on the developers, j just in case they really are working with the <laughs> prehistoric tools, trying to build a, a very <laughs> comprehensive bridge. Yeah, it, it feels, I mean, awful. The but either way, the the investments. But how many times have we seen, particularly in 2020? How many times have we seen wildly inefficient investments of grants? It is a theme in Web3 oh, yeah. where horrendous projects seem to get inordinate amounts of money. And when you start to look back, it just seems absurd. And it is, yeah. I remember it seemed pretty absurd to me at the time, but I guess everyone was just making so much money that yeah. they were just trying to redistribute it so they could grow. But uh, yeah, especially in kind of early 2021, this, there was this attitude of, there is so much money out there and it's so much so easy to to grab a hold of mm. uh obviously that's definitely not the case today in fact <laughs> no. it's the exact opposite it's uh, a money pit for a lot of the people in it um mm. but yeah but the fact that games i'm not trying to single out decentraland here but i mean the video is based on it so i'm gonna have to keep yeah. name dropping it. it it would appear through the members of their DAO and their committee and their marketing material is all still built around the idea of you can own land and create something that can generate currency and you can gain from this rather than this is a fun 3D space for you to hang out with your friends and play a few yeah. games in. I uh, I mean, I had, I had this question. I don't know if Dan asked this question. I don't think he did, but he kind of alluded to it. What is Decentraland's long-term goal now? Like, what are they trying to build? Because I, most most metaverses are mo like the really ambitious metaverses, which may see some success. And I, I use that skeptically. Use UE five or something yeah. that could scale long-term. This this doesn't doesn't look good for two thousand. Um, it's definitely no. not going to look good in twenty twenty six. Um. And they, I didn't realise they'd binned off VR for for a reason that Dan mentions in the video. He says that a lot of the community don't realise that they keep talking about VR being down the line, but it's been removed entirely from the roadmap. If it was in VR, it'd still look awful, but VR is in a weird spot. And you see a lot of the most popular VR games do have these weird kind of almost 90s graphics, but that's kind of okay because it's in VR. If they, yep. they, but they don't have VR on the roadmap anymore. So I don't know what the plan is. What's what's it aiming at now? I, I mean, mean, no, honestly. And even going to their website and going to their Reddit and you know watching the video from Dan Olson and, and trying to do some research into kind of their operations up till now, it is very unclear what their long term goals are. Other than yeah. hey, this is a world where you can you're in control of the players you know, control the environment and, and everything that we do, which just isn't the case, and Dan talks about that later in the video. Um, but the only reason people are playing it is because they can earn something from it. Uh, and Dan talks about two of the most popular ways people are earning from Decentraland in the video. One is Wondermine, which is 
Christ, I'd have more fun actually mining in RuneScape back in like 2005. I'd have, I'd have more fun mining in real life. <laughs> in the Australian <laughs> outback, barebacked, just oh, chipping God. away, burning to a crisp, would be more fun than left-clicking a large grey pi pixel. I mean... Yeah. So th there's there's that. Yeah, um, let's just... Let's uh, on just the, on their website right now, they actually have a live play account or what they... I guess I'm trying to yeah, show them how they play Controversial, yeah. Anyway, but so that's the second most popular one. The most popular one is uh, Decentral Games Ice Poker, which is another controversial entry. Literally unregistered gambling and the but only gambling outlet still in ironically, Decentral. Ironically, if they actually went above board and made that licensed, a licensed casino, I could see that working. I could, I could see something like that but working. You a 3D space where people can play... Online poker is one of the most popular forms of online gambling. Mm -hmm. The the Facebook, you know, Zynga, WorldStar, you know, World Poker Tour, you know, you know all those those games are so ridiculously popular. Yeah. I think if you did a browser-based 3D environment for them, I could see that working. I, I could imagine that would get some some legs. Uh, doing yeah. it in Decentraland and without a gaming license is, isn't the path I would take. I mean, and it, I'm surprised that hasn't been shut down. Yeah, well, Dan mentioned in the video that pretty much all of the other casinos yeah, in Decentraland have been things. shut down because yeah. different regula regulatory bodies have been like, yeah, this is unlicensed gambling, so no. It, but for whatever yeah, reason, mad. they didn't quite fully explain. They can run poker room in their own currency in one location and it be just about uh, okay for them to do that it. Is, that is tiptoeing on the edge of the grey area before yeah. you plunge into a lawsuit, but whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny that that's the most popular place and his screenshot showed that there was 179 people in it, which pretty depressing numbers. Really. <laughs> Let's get onto the numbers actually because um, later on in the video discusses this kind of this argument that, um, was it CoffeeZilla and Decentraland or was it? It, it was some third party and um, Decentraland got into an argument about how many active players the game had. Oh, um, no, th this was this is big. It was um, Cointelegraph, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Coindesk was like the mediator Coin, who Coin got Desk the ultimate answer. I remember that article because the article said there was an average player count of 38, wasn't it? Yes. And, and they, they were like, no, it's 8,000. And then, and then they went, okay, we'll have a better look. And it was maybe yeah, 800. Coindesk said it was around 800. And Dan made yeah. the very good point that it, any of those numbers are awful. <laughs> I mean, 8,000, if it were truly 8,000, and I mean unique players, not unique active wallets, because we all know that that could be one person with 100 wallets. But if it was 8,000 players every single day, that's not unhealthy for a Web3 game. No, it's very clearly it's not, not 8,000 8, players. <laughs> like yeah, so, it, 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 so is probably a, it is a round coin desk figure of 800, which is a death blow for MMOs. He goes into, I can't remember the name of the company, but there's a company that specializes in running these MMOs that oh, rely on... Planet Side. Yeah, the ball Planet Side. Well, even Planet Side 2, that game is 11 years old. It still pulls about 1,300 to 1,400 daily active users, which yeah. is... I'm surprised that more. Old, it's a very busy game. Very impressive, yeah. Um, no, but you would kind of expect an MMO that's that old to have that few players because, you know, the, their development team have gone on to to do other things, and you know, it's not like WoW where there's expansions, and you know, it's just hey, use the paid in-game currency, and you mm. can buy yourself a new quad bike. <laughs> so there's not yeah. all too much there. Um, but yeah, to to see the Lord of the Rings Online, for example which is ridiculously old at this point, has more daily active users than Decentraland, is just just unbelievable. And, and the fact that Decentraland could kind of get away with saying, oh, we have 8,000 daily active users, like, it's patently obvious to anyone who spends two minutes on Decentraland, yeah. you do not have 8,000 daily active users. I mean, where when are they in, in the game? Because it seems like... Logged in peak. bot. <laughs> Pete is maybe um, concurrent. Pete is like maybe three hundred. Mm -hmm. um, oh, so yeah. the the number that 
Dan quoted about Planetside 2, I wondered if that was concurrent. Um, 1400. I've played it recently just to jump yeah. in and see what it's like. And it, it's a really busy game. Like there's queues to get into the servers. Yeah. So um, I, I don't imagine there's ever been a queue for Decentraland. Even when... Wait, this is a great segue. Even when they're running events, which are... Oh, I mean, that music festival was, in essence, someone paying for a video on Cameo. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Let's pay Dave Mustaine to do a 30-second bit to yeah, video. And then just, just come on and play a mega day. It's, like, it's great to be here on Decentraland. Decentraland. <laughs> Oh my god! Awful. Um, but I mean, yeah, that, that was that was rough. Yeah, that the, music the, festival. The, the festival, which was just pre-recorded videos, and then them just—I I imagine literally just playing the music videos on Spotify. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the metaverse fashion week. <laughs> I know. I see. I didn't cover that. I had. I had. Um, I had press agencies contacting me to cover that. Because I'd covered stuff before, and I've written stuff for you about Web three fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that I think that Dan is probably wrong here about some of um, the interactions between blockchain slash Web three and the fashion industry. I think they will work together, and I think you will see that. The whole, I hate the word fidgetal. Horrible, horrid word. It is disgusting. And portmanteaus are always really weird words to say and that's a yeah. disgusting word but anyway um decentraland was not the platform to facilitate any sort of collaboration between web3 and the fashion world it is the ugliest game in the space and but honestly in a meek defense of decentraland even if a fashion show was in one of the ue5 metaverses it would still make me uncomfortable because I don't even think it's quite ready yet. I yep. don't think even UE5 could pull off a good, maybe they could, if, if you had maybe like other sides could maybe do it with that, that tech of that company that's got a thousand concurrent players with amazing yep. growth, like maybe, but I would still be like, oh God, is this going to bomb? Is this going to be one of those things that's on the front page of all the websites and it's just embarrassing and everybody's laughing? The central line, I cannot believe they even tried. Blows my mind. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel bad because if I imagine this will get this podcast will get clicks from people who play the central land or work for the central land in some way, and they are going to be fuming. And I truly am sorry for absolutely defecating. I I went into no, the video. <laughs> I went into the video thinking, I like Dan Olsen. I like folding ideas. I disagreed with quite a lot in the NFT video. I agreed with quite a lot, but the, yep. N the line goes up. I disagreed with quite a lot, and I thought he was unfair in places. But this video was so hard to disagree with. I went in there. I, I try and be unbiased, but obviously I've got a slant towards Web3. It's where yeah, sure. you know, I, I make my living. It's where I, I've built a career. Um, I, I mean, it's just so hard to defend. I mean, there's, there's so few areas where I just think, oh, you were unfair there. Because... They, he just wasn't, and and he has no. evidence for everything he's saying. <laughs> he's got evidence, either visual or stats. Yes, I I don't know, I don't know where Decentraland goes from here, and no, it feels like they've already, the whole land thing, the rush for land, was, I don't know, we spoke about it at the time. I found it bizarre, and not because digital land can't exist and can't be valuable. I know. The obvious criticism is that, you know, oh, you could have infinite digital land. That's not really how it works, is it? You, you could build land, you could build houses anywhere in the world, but houses tend to be expensive because they're in places where people want to people be. Are, yeah. And it, so, it, you know, you wouldn't want to build a house in the middle of the Sahara Desert. You wouldn't want to build a digital, your digital home in the middle of a dead game, miles, miles away from anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so if there were to be, as Dan put it, a digital Manhattan, um, you would you know, want to be there One and yeah. people thought, okay, where's it going to be? If this metaverse is actually forming, where's it going to form? Because we want to be there first. And I can kind of get the rush to it. But even when it was happening, I remember us saying, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, this game was <laughs> terrible and people are paying, I mean, that, that just, sorry, I know I've been speaking for a while, but that, 
the clip in that video of that guy who's like, I'm not selling my plot unless I get 10 million for 10 it. And then he sold it for $986 the next month. Oh, no, mate. That's awful. Man. I mean, there's been so many of these um, Web3 games and metaverses that are trying to ply on the idea that these plots of land are as valuable as real plots of land. In very yeah. one-to-one comparisons in some cases with games like Earth 2, which has been ridiculed to death on YouTube, um, Upland took... game name in history. <laughs> yeah, um, Earth Two. Uh, sorry, not Earth Two. Um, Upland to an extent does the same. It's like, oh, you can now buy land in Chicago. It's like, well, it's not Chicago. Is it? <laughs> I never really clicks with Upland. I think we discussed that year, uh, like a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah, I, I never really, never really got it. Mm. But they're, it, they're all mm. in the same crop of. Oh, this is valuable. You know, you know this real world place that people go to. Well, you can buy a virtual version of this real world place. Yeah, it's, it, like, that's it's not just wild speculation, isn't it? Oh, it, yeah. That, that's what Absolutely. 2020 was. It was the most wild speculation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, which is what we saw with the grants. Yeah. Speaking of the grants uh, and going back to how people reacted to, to that video, let's talk about um, Decentraland Report. Um, this decentralized news network run by. Yeah, Kevin on Earth nine nine nine, who got, well, let me read my notes here, two hundred fifty thousand US dollars in funding, and it's effectively just Twitch streams with less than ten viewers. <laughs> it, where it's like, hey, this thing is happening in Decentraland, and uh, yeah, I'll do a giveaway in Twitch chat soon. Don't worry. It's like, you've got a quarter of a million dollars to do that? Are you kidding me? And he posted a video reply to Dan that did I it? watched yes it is 45 oh. minutes long oh I'm not watching that. and it is What's the, the most delusional video I've seen in my life so first off he sits there and it's, it's literally you know full screen the video with his little face in the corner mm. and Dan obviously holds up a picture of him and he's going yeah yeah look I'm in this video and then Dan starts talking about how much of like a cretin this guy is and he's still like yeah yeah, I'm like, dude, do you not even understand how much you're being trashed right now? And then he goes through Terrifying. the entire video being like, oh, well, this is wrong and making like half-hearted defenses for some of the stuff in yeah. there, which is basic. But the, the funniest part about it is the comments section. Um, the top comment is, uh, hard to think of a worse look for Decentraland than you grinning like an idiot and pumping your fist while you're getting meticulously dissected. Uh, and he replies you don't get that i don't care what you think about me but just remember when shit hits the fan brother whether it's next year 10 years 20 years from now you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you jack (laughs) and people people keep replying to him like what what you got someone literally asks him do you know what sunk cost fallacy is and he replies do you i dare you to tell me more oh he's Oh, no, I, but I feel bad for him because he's, he's just going down with the ship. Yes, he is. But, I but he doesn't realise he's going down. Yeah, I, I can't... This is going to sound quite rude, I suppose, but I can't feel bad for this person. Like, if you have any idea of standards or journalistic integrity or pride in your work at the most basic level, yeah, you can't be proud of what you're doing. I mean, uh, the, the core of a million is... Insane. Absolutely ludicrous. We built NFT inside and token game art with no budget. So to build this with quarter of a million is offensive. Yes. Um, it, it looks like a school project that you would present to a highly disinterested teacher for a very low grade. Yeah. That's, that's the... Uh, it, Pretty much. It looks like it was hashed together. And, but I don't... <laughs> he got quarter of a million. And in this video, Dan is, is going through some of the spendings and he's like he got graphics for the twitch stream okay that's that's five dollars on fiverr next <laughs> like, yeah that's 240 yeah. by 249,995 dollars left like it's yeah and it's just all insane of, all of the reporters for this news network get paid ten dollars a month in mana um and I, well, I it just was based wanna... on it's a revenue share isn't it and it doesn't have to get Yeah, kind of. Like, I just as a... I haven't streamed properly for a long time, but his Twitch streams averaged, or the Decentral Report Twitch streams, average less than 10 viewers, and his YouTube videos have about 80 viewers each. 
I very rarely stream and I very rarely make videos. And if I do stream, I average about 20 viewers and my videos get about a thousand views each. If I can do that with, I'm not going to say next to no effort, but with no money behind it, and he has 250,000 US dollars and can't get more than 10 people to watch his crap Twitch stream, there is so many problems here. It's yeah, I, I, I went, so the only note, the only note I really wrote down about it was the decentralized news network is frankly terrifying. And then I moved on to the next thing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what else that's to a, add. It's, it's, it's a good way to sum it. It's just, it's just madness. And uh, even speaking about it makes me feel smaller, <laughs> which is the most offensive <laughs> thing I could possibly say. But even discussing it makes me wonder if I've, I've made the right career choices in life because yeah, I, yeah. I don't even want to be discussing something as crazy as that it, it's not that it's bad it's that it, it i don't understand what he was aiming at because it it's, yeah. it's not anything fit for consumption no and it, and it's patently not working yeah and how did he get a quarter of a million signed off in the first place like what was his pitch what was his pitch it, yeah when you pitch for a grant you have to do a break we've done it with wax labs when we built a wax account the analytics tool we pitched Wax Lab on, on building it. And so we're, I'm, I'm kind of used to grant programs. And plus, I, I've worked with DeCoco. Um, at the moment, I'm working with DeCoco to go through their season three grants program on something. And I'm looking at one of the projects that wants a grant. I'm reviewing it as part of, you know, a panel of people that are doing it. Sure. And you have to go through, why do you want X amount? How? Give me the breakdown of how you're spending X amount. <laughs> I don't understand it. He's gone like, right, well, $5 is for the overlays. And then I want $249,995 for MISC, where I'm going to allocate it when I when I think of something. It, it's just, it, the whole thing is crazy. And yeah. the one thing I really don't like about this video, which isn't Dan's fault, is how poorly Web3 comes out of it. That, oh, yeah. that this is one of the most famous metaverses in massive inverted commas, inflatable inverted commas. Um, and this is what it is. It really does reflect poorly. I don't, and you know, we talked about how the metaverse is so poorly defined and we're not really ready yet for any, anything that re resembles what it might be. Um, but it feels like the central land couldn't be much further. Yeah. It's, it's not a great, it's not <laughs> a great advert for. No. Web3 as a whole, or metaverses in general, but it is an accurate reflection of the current status quo. And even Poor if you me. include the sandbox in that discussion, it's better than Decentraland. It's not that much better. It if doesn't you put, have If you put the sandbox base. side by side with any generic MMO, I would much prefer to play that MMO than I would the sandbox, even though I, I like what the sandbox is doing and I like yeah, where I they're going. I just feel like I know, I feel like I understand the sandbox. I think that's perhaps a big part of it. <laughs> yes. I understand what understand they're trying to do. <laughs> I understand what it's inspired by. I understand the partnerships. I, I understand it. I know, I know where it's going. They've made fantastic partnerships. They brought on interesting IPs. Yeah. Even if right now it's not very good. I mean, it's still, what is it, Alpha? I think it's still Alpha Season 3 or... No. Whatever. Something I like, mean, yeah. people, you know, people gerrymander that term anyway. But um, I, I understand it. I know, I know what's happening there. Yeah. I don't know what's going I entered Decentraland and I'm perpetually confused. I feel 100 years old and yet too young. Because yeah. when I look at it, I, I feel like, my God, I looked at games like that. In, I mean, I've mentioned Cybertown on here before. Yes. Um, the the weird, for anyone that hasn't heard that episode, I'll give a very quick rundown. It was a browser-based MMO, social MMO, in maybe 2002, I think. 2000, 2000 yep. 2002, something like that. It was years and years and years ago. My friend got it, and he was like, you've got to try it. So I jumped in and you could buy houses. It was one giant space and you could buy houses and you could buy items which people made on like a very early version of Blender. It wasn't Blender, it was something else. Sure. Uh, and you could buy these items on a marketplace and people were just hanging around and you could get jobs. People had jobs and they would do the jobs for, for in-game money. It was the, I've written an article about it, which we could link in the show notes maybe. It's, I think it was the first 
iteration of an online metaverse, the first attempt at it, even though it wasn't trying to be, I think it genuinely was. Um, and I would say it's not that far behind what Central Land has done. And that is yep. a, a massive near 20 year gap. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, like, it was near, it was nearly the same in, in quality and arguably better in experience because the marketplace was fluid. Um, yeah. Social interaction was was very very good. Even though, as you may remember, I got briefly groomed and had to flee. Um, and there's a scary place, folks. So be careful. Uh, it it just I don't I don't I doubt know. they were ever uh, valued at one point three billion dollars though. Nor is essential land. Let's be honest. <laughs> Nor is essential land. Yeah. it's, it's um, not it, worth that. Dan kind of references that at the end, um, at the end of the video, where he says Decentraland was never well. Decentraland is never its tangible value is never and will never be anything like what the total market cap of Mana Token is. Like no. Decentraland is no. not worth one point three billion dollars. It's not worth. I mean, arguably, it's not worth a million dollars. Do you know? This is controversial, and I'm, I'm not particularly grounded in in any maths because i've not had the time to, to do the research on this but there probably was a glimmer where it was you could have argued it was worth 1.3 billion just because when you had people flooding into it and you had or, do you remember like in in 20 late 2019 early 2020 i think when it really was the hot thing to to discuss the yep. mana token was going through the roof People were buying land, like they were buying land and for large amounts of money. They were buying land for large amounts of money. I think when that was happening, that flash in the pan, you could maybe have argued this game's worth something. Simply by demand, yes. by virtue of demand, not yes, quality. But uh, yeah, exactly. Not on the quality basis because you no, actually took not. two steps into decentralized. You're like, why is anything in this place worth any money whatsoever? No, but then I feel like that about a lot of NFTs. And you, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I think if they'd taken that, all of that money they gained, it was like, right, let's hire three hundred developers, let's ball up, like let, let's really get this off the ground and make yeah. it worth its market cap. It could be in a position now where, you know, it, it, it could be everything that we wanted to be. But well, they did spool up. They put two hundred and fifty grand in a news network. <laughs> so they they spooled up, and it immediately fired out of the side of the engine uh but i mean it's just such a letdown really i mean i i'm we've been talking for about 50 minutes now so i'm, I'm just going to make a few final points here um sure dan olson breaks down the decentraland down how it's i mean one the votes are solely controlled by the whales because if you have more mana tokens you have more votes which is a terrible idea and then two yeah. it's kind of pointless anyway because the developers can still put things in the game and change things however they like. And that's the case with most games and most organizations that have DAOs. The actual power of the DAO, it isn't, the developers aren't passing control of the game over to the community. They're just implying that you do. If they yeah. have a brand partner who wants to come in, they're not going to consult this DAO. They're going to take the money and build whatever the the of brand course. partnership is. But the, like, the, DAO's, the DAO is insane. I, I, I'll just, as we're speed running the, the rest of this episode, I'll just read what I wrote. Um, the DAO is completely ineffective. You can't have money equals voting power and expect decent governance, let alone something revolutionary. That's just being unapologetic and transparent about the flaws of current democracy, which I mean, it is. It's just, <laughs> it's just being honest about what yep. we currently have and that doesn't work. Um and the fact that the vote about money equals voting power was stomped out by the people by the with the most money was the most beautiful analogy for modern society. I just, uh, that was my well, favorite bit of the video. Uh, well, yeah, I, sorry. As, I've as said this will. on the podcast before, but I, I still think that the best, it's not a DAO, it's a voting system, but the best implementation of this kind of thing I've seen is what old school RuneScape does where every single paid member gets one vote on yeah. every question in the question booth. And it's yeah. like, oh, do we, I, I don't know, do we want to make this minor change? Everyone can either vote yes or no. And if it hits a certain threshold, I think it's like, yeah, you either need like two thirds to agree yeah. or something, then they'll do it. If not, they won't. But everyone's on a level playing field. It doesn't matter if you never log in or if you play it for 18 hours a day. Yeah. I think that is the fairest way to go about it. Uh, and moving on, 
And Dan finishes the video talking about um, the magic circle, which I actually thought was a pretty pretty nice way to wrap it up, actually. Um, so the, the magic circle is basically how a play space is delineated from the real world around it. And he makes the analogy that on a, um, on a football pitch, you've got white lines that demarcate certain areas of the pitch. And, you know, you've got the goal and it's... It's a, a play area you've created in a real-world space. But if if one football player was to walk up and punch the goalie, mm. you've broken that sense of disbelief in a way. It's no longer I'm looking at kind of a layer on top of the real world. It's, oh, this is this is real. That, that, he's just punched another guy in the face. That shouldn't happen here. This is ridiculous. Uh, and he kind of says that Decentraland is a magic circle in, in that kind of sense. So... Mm. It, it it's based on that Decentraland markets itself and the people that are in Decentraland market themselves as you would only ever value your time in the space if you think your neighbours will ever be compelled to join you and if you don't think your neighbours or your friends or the general public will ever join you in Decentraland then why is it worth anything to be a part of in the first place right yeah which gives everybody involved the developers the people that actively play the game a reason to go out there and be like this is the next big thing you need to get into this now and effectively just shill because it, again it, it harkens back to the sunk cost fallacy if i've mm. spent so much time so much money in the space then I, other people need to as well otherwise i've wasted my time and my money yeah so um yeah i only have a few things left that we can speed run sure um the... You want to talk about how there was no jumping in the game until 2019. No, I don't. <laughs> there was a, there was another there was another metaverse project that had that problem. If you remember rightly, oh, um, right. let's not get into it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what my I'm going to speed run these. The the constant links out of Decentraland is the antithesis of immersion. Uh, it turns Decentraland into a 3D website, which is kind of what it is. Uh, that yes. really annoyed me. That everything everything you click. It's not a metaverse if you have to leave it. Go elsewhere. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. I didn't know that was the case. Um Devil's Advocate. I like it when I start a point with Devil's Advocate, because it usually <laughs> means I'm wrong but trying not to be. Uh sure. land plots were shown in the video as down by eighty to ninety percent from all time highs. That's in line with crypto. Uh yeah. You could argue that. You could argue that that, that isn't a crazy drop off because Decentraland is rubbish but simply because it's in line with what other digital assets have done since the crypto winter. I wrote down a comment point on that exact part, oh, really? which is more of a question to myself than anything else, uh, which basically said, my, the, my note I wrote says, is the downfall of the wider Web3 industry in part because of metaverses such as Decentraland oh. and the Sandbox being demonstrably terrible? I imagine they're... Because there's all this money flowing in, all these people coming in, and then they jump into Decentraland. I'm like, what the hell is this? Then it devalues. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I I, I wrote and I wrote a a note for myself as well, actually, uh, which I'm just going to read. Um, he mentions crypto journalists or journalists in general that are kind of slanted towards Web three pulling yeah. punches. And um, I thought about this a lot because I do this. I do pull punches uh, yes. when I'm talking about new projects. Same. And he calls it puff journalism. And I agree that sometimes that's what it is. But yep. I don't think, I'm open to being disagreed with, I don't think that is generally what I do because I'm I'm very conscious of shitting on fledgling projects, particularly if they're pioneering brand new tech. Because... They are against the odds as it is. And it's hard to make something. It's very easy to be a deconstructionist in life and just tear everything down as we've done for an hour today. <laughs> but to build something from scratch is difficult, particularly if you're trying to do something new that hasn't really been done before. Yep. Um, now, I'm not saying Decentraland qualifies for this. Um, I think they maybe did at one point. If I uh, Personally, I think they probably did in 2017. I don't yep. think they anymore. I, I don't think I've pulled punches in this pod. Um, but generally speaking, I do pull punches uh, for projects, yep. and I think that's an alternative reason why that happens. Yeah. Um, although, obviously, there's the financial gain for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that was the point I was going to mention. I don't think that's a Web3 symptom. I think that's a symptom of modern-day journalism, true, is true. that to exist as a media platform, 
you have to be I mean the only way you're making money or the primary way you're making money is through advertising and partnerships um, and the you only alternative you can't annihilate every project no so if you go out and talk shit about everybody nobody's going to pay you or anything mm. um, and the only alternative to that is to be fully uh, crowdfunded I suppose so you know I don't know it, people like um, Jim Sterling and other game journalists in the space are for the most part fully funded on Patreon so they can say and do whatever they like and they can be uh, fully honest I suppose yeah. and not pull punches because they're they backed have to. or they're paid yeah. by the people that want honest info and not by projects um, yeah. but with that in mind I mean I, I this is how things like the Decentraland uh, report come into existence it's like oh, everyone's just paid to talk things and you know mm. nobody's ever honest so I don't think that's the case although there are certainly instances where, like you said, you will pull punches a bit or you won't be as harsh as you were going to be. Mm. Uh, you know, I we have a policy with NFT Insider, you know, if anyone pays us money for anything, um, they don't get editorial control and I can say no. what I want. Same. But still, in the back of my mind, if they're paying me for this, um, I'm not going to drag them through the mud because... No. I mean, it's if, bad business. If, if, if a project is that bad, I wouldn't accept their money in the first yeah. place. But Same. if a project is, you know, fairly decent, then, you know, I might be a little nicer to them than I would be otherwise. Let's put it like that. Yeah, sure. And I, so we've both rejected sponsored content, I know we have, from yes, games we have. that we don't like. Um, I've also, I've, I've rejected being a consultant on a project that I didn't like, that I thought was rubbish. Um, I'm cancelled. Um, I, I was a consultant. I wasn't unpaid consultant, but I spent about two weeks doing it and went, you guys, are, you have no idea what yes, you're doing. I don't want to part Exactly. I mean, yeah, We. I'm not <laughs> saying, you know, I'm the guy with the most integrity in the world, but I do, it, incidentally, I did a sponsored post for Alien Worlds and I said to him on the call, one of their head of marketing, I said on the call, if he was like, I want you to write this as if it's not sponsored. Just write what you would usually write. And I said, okay, that will include some criticisms because Alien Worlds is a very strange game to someone that doesn't understand what it is. Game. Yeah, sure. But it's, it's got games being <laughs> yes. built in it, but it's a, it's a very, it's a clicker. I mean, uh, yes. it's, uh, it's a clicker. And I was like, I would, I'd say something about that, about how that this it's not really very fun to just click something. Um, but some of the projects that are coming through the Galactic Hubs thing, blah, 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 the, the grant scheme are interesting. Um, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, include those criticisms. I like people that, that do that. I like, we, I've had that in other industries as well, where they're like, we want, we'll pay you to review this product. And I, and I always say, well, I'm going to be honest, if, if it's not very good, I will have to say what's not good. And they're like, no, we want that. That's all, that always strikes me as a, a company that's going to, do something worthwhile well when i used to work in luxury magazine publishing like print publishing the amount of advertorials we sell which is basically like paid yes column yeah. inches and the amount of drafts that would have to go back and forth because as a as a media outlet we would say something that they disagree with and they're like rah, rah, you've got to change this or we won't pay you blah blah i guess yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> it's horrible. If you relinquish editorial control, you, you don't deserve a career. And honestly, no. I don't think it's a good long-term plan anyway. No, it's people not. can see through it. <laughs> um, I only have a few more things. Oh, fair. And they're just kind of... Uh, I, mean, I just did say before this podcast points. that this could easily go on for about three hours and we could get into the nitty-gritty of so, so many different topics. There's so many things we haven't really dived into. But um, yeah. th there was a, f a few comments that um, Dan made. One was... The frequently exploited polygon network. As far as yeah, I remember, I... there's been one, maybe two small comparatively crypto hacks. I don't remember anything. I, it's certainly not frequent, and I don't remember anything massive either. I, I think it's more the case that compared to other networks, it's not had as many massive, oh my God, half a billion dollars has disappeared. Yeah, I think it's... there was a hack for like it's... two million once. Yeah. Which is obviously enormous, but in crypto... It's just not that big. There's there's been hacks for yeah, but but I think is from like know, an entertainment days. value, and you're probably talking to an audience that is not all that crypto yeah. educated. Like I think but it is still frequently exploited. Uh... I didn't love that. Anyway, I, yeah. you know, I'm nitpicking there. Um, he said about the I really liked. He was talking about 
the buying of land in the game and he said two things that i loved one was it's more about the headline than the space absolutely and we I, said this at the time do you remember we said this at the time but that it is it's still a good pr move even if decentraland's awful because it makes headlines. hsbc in decentraland made every news outlet yeah. including some mainstream ones but so how many was... people actually looked at what they were doing in decentraland <laughs> maybe i mean 0.1 of a percent well yeah. not even that of the amount it, of people that saw a, that yeah. headline the exposure yeah. was unbelievable so i agree with that and also he said he mentioned pascal's wager which unlike actual pascal's wager which isn't very good i thought that was a very good description because um it did feel like people were saying well, shit, if this is going to be the metaverse, let's just make sure we're, we're in it. If we just buy it and say yeah. we think it's the metaverse, then if it becomes a metaverse, then we, you, we've won. And if it doesn't, then whatever, we write it off. Um, so I thought that that was a pretty astute point. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I don't want to end it on this, really. But the, the only thing I didn't like was he said every successful crypto project is bad. And... He's too intelligent to start swinging that broadly and carelessly. Dan, on the off chance you listen to this, you're great at what you do because you're precise and reasoned and you support your arguments. And that just felt like unnecessary flailing at an industry. But uh, I, I will, video, so. as a lukewarm defense of that statement, I do believe the vast majority of projects in Web3 have not built something equivalent to the value of the assets they have sold and continue to sell to their holders. Yes, um, I'd agree. And, and I say that as someone who's lost a lot of Ethereum. Um, yeah. But, you know, for example, I when I purchased a CoolCat, it was 2 ETH. It's, uh, the floor price of CoolCats is about half an ETH right now. But, um, you know, that project just hit two years old. Um, but the developers and the team are very open about what they're building and what they're making what they're doing quite now is from a just from me as as someone as part of that ecosystem looks interesting they have this kind of storytelling comic going on at the moment they've showed footage of the games that they're building you know there's there's several parts of that to be excited about it isn't tangible yet which is the important mm. point and we can't really judge it until the parts of it which should be the most valuable i.e. the game are released but there's promise there but then again that's pretty much the whole basis of Dan's video <laughs> the Decentraland yeah. is built on the idea of promise and I it's think, demonstrably awful. I think the, my issue is really sloppy wording because all firstly don't speak in absolutes um, it, it's usually yep. a, a nightmare uh, if you want someone if you want to be in you know beyond reproach uh and then the fact that he, he said crypto projects i mean there's been plenty of very good and successful crypto projects if you're talking about games then maybe if he's talking about nft projects then maybe but crypto projects he just he doesn't like the industry which i get there's a lot there's a lot what we don't like and we work in it um, yes and there's a lot <laughs> we criticize including yep. this hour-long video about one of the leading in inverted commas again um metaverses so yeah. uh but yeah it, it was a very good video it was it was well researched it was i mean he annihilated the projects yes absolutely um, annihilated and, and well, because it's, it's gone kind of viral it's done what it done like two million views didn't it or something three million views in three months um so i imagine that if anyone googles decentraland it's gonna be top ranking on videos oh, yeah. which yeah. is horrendous for the yeah, central not land. anyone that like you know if the central land are doing like the sandbox is unbelievable outreach yeah it's the it second is. it's the second video bbc stories is first the virtual land selling for joking. millions that one from like 2018 2019 yeah. something like that the virtual Jeez, land the... is selling for millions and then the second video is the future is a dead mall <laughs> brilliant um, oh but i mean yeah. I just just to kind of wrap it up. Um, all in all, I would highly, highly recommend watching the Future of Deadpool. It is an hour and fifty minutes. If you need to watch it in one point five x speed, do it. It's well worth the time. And if you haven't watched Line Goes Up, which is another mm. an hour and a half, two hour documentary yeah, on the NFT space plumber. in general that was published, um, I think it was just after NFT NYC twenty twenty one. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, then definitely go and watch that as well. Um, I mean, I've been a fan of Dan's content for for years, so. 
It's, if it's, you like, I, I wasn't that aware of him until uh, Line Goes Up. I think yeah. I actually watched some of his videos, but not realised, you know, who it was. His, yeah. his trilogy of um, Twilight, uh, not Twilight, sorry. Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I haven't. The I haven't trilogy seen it. is amazing. It is three hours long in total, but it yeah. is it documents that entire like how it went from conception to how it ripped off Twilight to why everything about that is awful in so many ways and just it, it's it's amazing he's, he's very good at what he does and and yeah um I, you can you cannot fault someone for criticizing when they do it like that who is 100 percent justified I which is the case for a lot of his videos or i've said or 800 of them it, well yeah well sorry eight thousand according to decentraland mm. but mm. i somehow don't think that's <laughs> Okay, we've shit on them enough. <laughs> should we should we outro? Uh we should. Uh, Rob, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at tokengamer.io for daily blockchain gaming and generally I, I've moved into the broader spectrum of cutting edge technology in gaming. Uh, sure. it's still mostly blockchain, but then some AI stuff has has piqued my curiosity on how it will impact gaming going forward. So we are talking about that as well. Um at Token Gamer News on Twitter and find us on linkedin i share some stuff on linkedin uh, that's broadly it get the uh, token gamer app which you can see all of our articles on as well as track your polygon and wax wallets um yep that's everything i want to cover okay john where can people find you cool apologies just need to move my comic or spot out of the way <laughs> so for for myself and um, for the latest web3 nft and blockchain gaming news you can head to nftinsider.io uh, NFT Insider underscore IO on all of our socials. For me personally, it's at Hydropowered on uh, everything, including threads. Are you on threads yet, Rob? I am, yeah. Uh, oh, there you we go. I am. Well, I right. I believe I am personally. I think NFT Insider is as well. If not, you're then I'm going to make it. Uh, yes, I should be. Because at the moment, it's, check just, that now. it's like me and Robbie Young. <laughs> this is the only people I can find. <laughs> I, swear to God, I opened threads for the first time yesterday and everyone who I expected to have already posted on there had posted. So there was Mr. Beast, because of course, Gary yeah. V, because he's oh, never going to miss out as on a new social media platform. definitely the beta as well, yeah. Um, and then there was, I think it was Immutable or something. Oh, really? Uh, they were like, okay. oh, hey, there we go, we're on, we're on threads. Going, they haven't shut up since they've gone on. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time on threads, but I don't know if... I can't find Immutable. Um, I don't know if... Uh, Polygon has an intern or something working on it, but they are, I mean, they just, they haven't shut up <laughs> since they got in there. Um, but it's, what are you thinking of it so far, briefly? I mean, it's, it's just Twitter with less features at the minute, but I mean, it, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, they, they have wider plans for it and it's, it's very much a bare bones release at this yeah. stage, but I, I think yeah. once they separate it from instagram it will become infinitely more useful for someone like me like the fact yeah. that my threads instagram and facebook are all linked together in this weird kind of yeah, I don't love that. account system is weird and they don't have multi-account so, support which is annoying for no people like me and you that have personal account and then company accounts and it's annoying yeah but you can connect your thread profile to mastodon which i thought actually was kind of cool Oh, really? um, I mean, I've stopped using Mastodon ages. No, I don't think I've really ever used it. Yeah, just the whole fact that you have to be on different servers and you can't cross-pollinate between servers is very janky. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah that, that's pretty much it from me. Uh, episode 71 of the Minute One podcast is in the books. Um, again, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on podcast review on Spotify and Apple. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Min1Pod. I don't know if I'll get a threads profile set up for the podcast. I guess we'll find out. Mm. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for, for tuning in. And we hope you tune in again next week. Mm-hmm.